sitting in his yard is blow up motor. I'm like, that's perfect. I could buy that car, put a new motor in it, yep. and that's perfect for college. <laughs> right? I mean, I was really uh, dumb. Exactly. I, just, I drove that car for like three months in college on three cylinders. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't really like the go-kart community too much. Basically, he told me I had commitment issues, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it made it on the trailer, but I blew my right front tire because it caught me. A little bit of drama is good, you know, like stuff with Chelsea. That's good drama. Keep attention high. It's good for views. But, but like, 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 you don't actually need to, like, punch far. You know, we don't actually need to punch each other in the face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay fresh like a brand new whip that new step. Switching it up. Two step. They try to text. Leaving my breath. Switching the phone. Welcome back to the number one drift podcast on YouTube. I am Dawson and this is Chad Campbell. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hell yeah. So, uh, of course, a few announcements real quick. Don't forget to subscribe, uh, especially you, especially if you want to join in on the Bridge Moto giveaway. Uh, first place winner gets the steering wheel along with some other goodies. Uh, but... Anyways, <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe to Bridge Moto's YouTube channel as well, along with their Instagram account, which is in the description. Um, but if you do, again, want to be on the podcast, don't forget you can email at thecircleofdrift at gmail.com and just make sure to put in the subject line drift resume and tell me a little bit about yourself. So that's pretty much it. Um the intro so if you want to kind of give a rundown on yourself and who you are sure uh my name is chad campbell i am a uh mechanic in formula drift for uh alex licklider and prospect hell yeah um i also drift myself i have a c506 corvette and i also have an s13 street car which is ass backwards but yeah we'll get into that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that car <laughs> um well cool so uh how did you kind of get into being a mechanic for him so um i was actually it was kind of by accident in a way um and i'll say that as uh, as far as um mistaken identity so uh, yeah i was <laughs> yeah i was at i was at a, a drift event and um you know i'm giving ride-alongs and there was okay. this girl that rode with me and she popped up on my facebook like ad friend whatever so i had her gotcha. And messed her, I'm like, hey, you were the one that rode with me, you know, um, do you want any videos or anything? Did you take videos? Mm. She was like, no, that wasn't me. I'm like, she's like, but I've seen you drift at like MB Drift or wherever else. So then we get to chatting and uh, everything's cool. And about like a month later, she shared Alex's post that okay. he was looking for a mechanic because she's from Maryland where he's at and she knows Alex. Nice. And so then I was like, I would love to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. And reached out and That's went an through opportunity. <laughs> yeah, went through the interview process and I got it. So What was the interview process like? Um, well it first started out like just through basic messaging, like okay. what's your experience, this and that. Um and then there was a Google Meet where I actually got to meet Alex uh and he yeah. asked questions about my mechanic experience, to you know, um my familiar with LS engines. That kind okay, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, and also kind of get a um, an idea on like my demeanor and 
Yeah. You know, is it going to be a good fit for the team? How you speak to people and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And also, um, you know, can you travel to all these events? What's your work schedule like? Those gotcha. kind of things because they, they kind of mold into that mm-hmm. picture. What what like what kind of work were you doing at the time? Um, so I'm this is so FD is a part time thing. So I'm still like in the tech. So I'm like a technical support engineer for a database company. Oh, sick! That's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. So and I can work remote. So that's also shit. <laughs> that's also part yeah, of the reason that I'm, able, that I'm able to do this is I can work remotely while I go to FD. Obviously, I have to take the time off to do my duties, but on the yeah, way up yeah. there, I can work remote. That's um, cool. Which makes it possible. If it wasn't for that, man, I don't, I don't think I could do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a, a tight squeeze to make it happen. Well, that's cool. So, how long have you been doing that technically? With, uh, so, I'm actually a, I'm a rookie mechanic this year. This is my okay, first, first first year. year. Yeah. Sick. Okay. How has it been so far? Like, what are some of the learning curves, the crazy man. things you've seen? <laughs> and yeah, um, it's I will say first day on the job is tough, man. I feel like that's anywhere. Yeah. So Road Atlanta, you know, uh, never, never been a mechanic on an FD team before, and here we are, <laughs> and things get a little hectic sometimes uh, trying to figure out your role and what's expected of you and um, and and the rest of the team and trying to figure out that flow. Yeah. Um. So I'll say like the first day or two, I'm on, I'm like thinking, is this is this for me? Should I be here? Yeah, yeah. Kind of type thing. Um, How the fuck is this gonna go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um. But after the first uh, event, you gain that like that gel with the team, and you mm-hmm. figure out your role. And by the you know by New Jersey, it was uh it was like the excitement was like way up here. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. Um, what like what's some of the crazier moments you've seen in FD so far? Um, being in the pits and everything. Oh man, so well like. Watching some of the other guys fix their cars when they trash them is pretty crazy. Uh, luckily, we haven't trashed our car, so I haven't had to deal with that. Uh, seeing them run around and also like the help, man. Like, yeah, I've jumped in and helped with other teams and other teams. It's great oh, to that's see cool. that. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as on our end, like just stuff like a burnt spark plug wire, something stupid that'll, that'll ruin <laughs> it's your always a little dumb session. stuff. Um, yeah, and then like, you know things break like oh you break an axle, yeah, well, and that's, that's you know it's common. It's so. it's pretty common, but like the time that you you need to get it done. Yeah, well you were you were kind of explaining some of the the headaches with like tire changing and stuff like that off camera before we started. Sorry, so kind of give a rundown on that to the audience um, and what kind of hectic stuff you guys probably need to change in the future. Sure. So. um I would say the most stressful part of being a mechanic in FD is practicing qualifying. <laughs> Hands down. I guess unless you crash in the middle of a battle. But that's the most stressful part because um, in practice, everybody lines up. You got 40 prospect guys out there all want, trying to get seat time. Yeah. Um, you've got, the, you know, it's on you to change those tires quick. If you can't change them quick, the other guys get out, they'll mm-hmm. beat you. Now that's less practice time for your driver. And that means, you know, who's going to jack the car up? Yeah. Who's going to have the gun? Who's going to grab that tire? Mm-hmm. All the, all the tire, is the tire pressure already set? Like, if it's not, that's a problem, <laughs> right? That's extra time. Yeah. Uh, so being on that game will get your driver out there quickly. So I know twice in Atlanta, um, when they cut practice up, you know, they'll, they'll do this right here. Mm-hmm. Like, practice is over. 
Yeah. Twice our driver was on the line and we got the X. And one of those times, the very next run was going to, his qualifying run is when he burned a spark plug wire in the burnout box. Oh, right. Fuck. So, uh, you know, it's, it's bad luck, but at the same yeah. time, if we had been faster, if we had been better and got him out there, mm-hmm. then maybe that spark plug wire would have burned mm-hmm. on the practice and we could have fixed it. And yeah. So he, now you guys have like a designated person for each role. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what, which, which part in, in those fast paced moments in practice, what part do you do? So I grab the Jack, I jack the car up and the other yeah. guy's got the gun. He whips a wheel off. I grab, <laughs> I grab a wheel. I put it up. Yep. I'm doing the lug nuts. He goes over and he gets those off. By the time he's got those off, I'm walking back around. He throws that tire to the side. I grab that one and put it on start, and it's hand tighten them. System now. And then that, yeah, now he's over there torquing those down. I hand tighten them, and by the time I'm done hand tighten them, I'll get I go get the torque wrench and make sure it's mm-hmm. set. And as he's uh, bolting the last tire down, I'm dropping the jack. I drop the jack, throw it out of the way, torque the Shit. wheels. Have y'all timed yourselves go. yet? We have not, but it's it's pretty. We're, what would we're you guess good. it around? I mean, I don't know, maybe two minutes. Two minutes? That's not bad, yeah. yeah it's, it's not bad. I mean, oh, considering, yeah. you know, we don't have NASCAR lug nuts and stuff like that. Well, of you course, know, yeah. We still got to <laughs> tighten them on. <laughs> tighten them on them first with you your know, hands we first. We're going to cross the, cross the them, you know. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get into kind of yourself then. How long have you been technically drifting? So, I've been in the drift scene since roughly like 2005. Okay. Um, I haven't been drifting since 2005. You're a veteran. I would say that. I actually drifted with Streetwise Drift. I don't know if uh, anybody remember, heard of them, yeah. remembers them from back in the day. Um, yeah, that's like the when we had competition where if you didn't have a roll cage, we were basically doing qualifying competition, like single yeah. run comps. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like back in 2005, um, that's when I graduated high school when I was about to go to college and I needed a car. And... <laughs> And obviously, one does. <laughs> obviously, who wouldn't want an S13 to drive oh, to college, which yeah. is the dumbest. So the freaking... S13 came first. Yeah. Well, God. this is not the same S13 oh, that I have not. now. Okay. Right? All but right, all right. this is how I got into S13s in general or S14s. Or, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, I'm from South Boston, Virginia, which is like 20 minutes from VIR, but like there's... Um, a circle track there, South Boston Speedway, and they have a class, Pure Stock, that runs 240s. Okay. And I always thought, I was like, man, they're super cool. I like that car. Yeah, yeah. And I had a buddy who had one and then, like, sitting in his yard, his blowed up motor. <laughs> I'm like, that's perfect. I could buy that car, put a new motor in it, yep. and that's perfect for college. <laughs> right? I mean, I was really uh, dumb. Exactly. I should have <laughs> went and bought a Honda Civic. Like, that's what I should have done, but I didn't. So, hey, I'm um, then I, Honda's I ain't bad either. <laughs> I might not be where I am today if I had bought a Honda Civic, though. I agree. I I did get my front-wheel drive days over with in the beginning, which uh, were some more unusual front-wheel drive cars. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so then I get on the forums, and I'm looking, like, what motor... Like, you know, I didn't know anything about days. an SR. Like, I just, I just want a 
build a motor. Like, okay. What do I do? Right. Yeah. Then I find out about this SR20. I'm like, this is so cool. Like yeah. it has a red valve cover and everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> red valve cover. <laughs> you sold me. So then, um, man, back awesome. then, uh, I got to look it online and you could get one for like 1500 bucks. Like, you I know, fucking wish. And man. I was like, I paid 500 for the car, $1,500 for the motor. And, you know, I, at the time, I, I, you know, I knew how to do a little bit of mechanics. I grew up doing yeah, mechanic yeah. stuff. So, me and my brothers were like, all right, we'll put it in. We'll figure it out. So, <laughs> we'll wow. put this, chi- this Japanese piece of junk in there. We got this. We thought we had it, dude. It took us like three months to do. Well, what were some of the, the headaches you the ran wiring. into with that? Oh, my God. The wiring. I had never yeah. wired a car in my life. Did, did somebody do like a hack job on it before? Or no, was it they just had, getting uh, old so as fuck? The junkyard, like, just. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like that, damn, bro. Like, so it's like missing stuff. Like, I think I ended up ordering a new harness or something. But then even that harness, like, mm-hmm. had some wires cut that shouldn't have been cut. And actually, they do when we. So I didn't even know what an igniter chip was. Oh, right? really? <laughs> here's the thing. Dude, I didn't either when I got into the RB. I swear to God, and then I found out, and I was like, ah, oh, that's fucking dumb. Let's get rid of that. So we spent like two weeks trying to get this car to start, and can't figure out why it won't get fire. But it's because it didn't have an igniter chip. <laughs> like, how didn't dumb have smart is that? coils, baby. And so then I figure out, you know, I had to call. Uh, man, back in the day, it was like a heavy throttle was a website, and that got sold a okay. bunch of parts. But he was huge in the SR community and helping people. And so I called him, and he's like, "Well, do you need a new igniter chip?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "I don't, I don't. What is that?" Me, bro. <laughs> you tell me. I do I. So it ended up being that. So I got a nighter chip. We fired it up. That's and, uh, crazy. It was still only running on three cylinders, man. And uh, I drove that car for like three months in college on three cylinders. Oh my god! <laughs> didn't, uh, dude, I had to go. I had to, I didn't have a car. Oh, well, I'm getting to school one way or another. I don't figure it out. Whatever. Yeah, it's supposed to be God's motor for a reason. I know. And I, I was broke, man. Like it was the dumbest decision I ever did as far as like, financially, right? Like, so this is that was like you've had multiple SR cars then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've owned 10S chassis. Damn. So, what, like, uh, run through the variations you've had, or did a lot of them just be shells? Or, uh, yeah, some shells. Uh, man, I've had, um, I've had a bunch of hatchbacks, mostly were hatchbacks. Okay. And I owned two or three different S14s. Nice. Uh, one was a kooky, but it wasn't a real kooky. Kooky or zinky, real quick. Kooky, all day. All right. Never zinky. Yeah. I hated my Zinke. I, I, I like them, <laughs> but they're just like the, it's like the, oh, you're adorable version, you yeah. know? <laughs> I don't, I just don't like the front headlights, man. I mean, that's the difference, yeah. but I just don't like the bubble. Yeah. If you put 33 headlights in it, it looks okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's still. Okay. Never owned a anyway, coupe. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> never owned a coupe. Oh, really? Nope. Wow. And I probably will okay. never own a coupe. Why? Because the, the back of the car, the taillights, uh-huh. looks like a Honda Accord, man. Like an old Honda Accord. Damn, he's. I know y'all gonna hate me for that, baby. Y'all can hate me all day for that if you want to. (laughs) That's my opinion. I'm like, man, you can have a Honda Accord. I see it. I understand (laughs) what you're saying. Yeah, especially on the verts, dude. It really looks like it then. Yeah, Uh, you know, the old school like square tail coupe dog with the Sylvia front. That's just. I do. uh, I do like the Sylvia front with the coupe though, but I still hate the tail lights. Even if you go with like aftermarket tail lights, I'm not a fan. Yeah. You know, personal preference. Yeah. <laughs> it's understandable. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Let us know what you think about that one in the comments. 
They're going to tell me to go buy a Honda Accord, I reckon, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Get out of the 240 team. Go back to Hondas. <laughs> anyway, well, c- continue on with the Okay, yeah, so um, yeah, list. We, uh, the car ran on three cylinders for like three months until like, you know, I'm just tinkering around with it. I'm tired. I know it's not running right. And because um, I've got like my spark plug wire, you know, you've got the whole conversion thing you do with a, a coil pack and got the light. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, cylinder, I think it was cylinder number four. It was just not firing. And then I got to poking around at the wiring harness, and there were two black wires. Okay. And they were grounded out. And I got to looking in the harness. I'm like, maybe these wires aren't ground wires. Maybe they belong together. Oh. <laughs> and that was it. It was the uh, black coal pack wire going to cylinder number four. What I the believe. fuck? That was Damn. it. <laughs> So for whatever reason that wire was cut. I don't know why it was cut, but yeah, uh, I hooked those wires together and I had a, a great run. Uh, a rat get in there or some shit probably, or what? was it? Did it look like a clean cut? Yeah, that was a clean cut. What man. the fuck? No idea. It's just some of the strangest stuff. Dude, two forty. <laughs> I swear, y'all's cars are junk. I'm gonna yep. say it again. Actually, what's your, what's your hot take on that? Do you think two forties are technically junk? Uh, I've actually, I had this conversation with, with Alex this week, actually, at FD. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I told him, I was like, man, I think like from the factory, it's a piece of junk. Yes, dude. Yeah, they and are. He, and he, horrible. You know, he was like, no, man, this car is so cool. Cause you can, you can do so much with it. You can drift it. You can road course race it. You can. Yeah. I'm like, you can, but the, not unless the you abilities add a thousand are fucking parts to it. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's why there's so much aftermarket backing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I say out of the box, you know. It's not a great car, but you can make it a great car. Yes. But when you do, you know, you've seen the for sale. You post. sacrifice a lot at the same a time. A for sale post on a well-built S13 oh, yeah. is three pages oh. long with all the with all the parts. That's yeah, they got to make sure to put every little detail. Absolutely. I know what it's worth. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, I'll, I'll say for the most part, it's a, it's a good car, though, overall. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is there any car out there you would say trumps a 240? Um, I mean, I might be biased, but I have a Corvette all day. Well, C5 or C6. C4 is kind of just... C, uh, C5s are... They just look goofy to me. Yeah. C6 is... C6 is where C6 it's at, is man. prime Corvette, I would, I would say. I think I C6 I was know. probably the best Corvette they've come out with. Yeah. And I owned a C6. I didn't drift it, but I would want C4 it. C4 is god-awful. <laughs> yeah. Good God, those things are the fucking... Yeah. The ugly stepchild, or whatever yeah, the saying slow. is. <laughs> yeah, that too. The only one that looks cool is LZ's fucking big kit C4. That's RB. Yeah, I do like that car. Yeah, which the Drift HQ podcast that just came out that we talked about that car. It was they all said the same thing. You either hate it or you love it. But um, so uh, is drifting how you got into cars? And in, like, in no, actually, no. Uh, I was into cars before drifting. Um, I was in the so? cars. Uh, as a kid, man, because I grew up near a racetrack. Oh, what racetrack? Uh, the South Boston Speedway. Okay. Um, I actually helped run the Sobo Drifts there that we do. So Nice. Um, it was kind of cool for the first time. It was, uh, not, it was two years ago that we mm-hmm. did our first drift event there. It was so cool because I grew up I mean, five, six years old going on this racetrack. Mm. And then I got to help like build a drift program there. So it was really cool um, to, drift, to drift there. But I just grew up around the cars and mm-hmm. loved it. So then when I got my first vehicle was an S10. 
man. I, <laughs> I dropped it. Of course I did, right? <laughs> I, dude, I used to I used to want one of the extremes, the oh, S10 yeah. extremes. I, I had the square body. I don't body. know why. They just look kind of cool to me. They're cool. I think they look cool. Yeah. At least back then. The steps everybody, everybody had the underglow lights back then, man. The yeah, extremes. that was the shit. We brought it back. The drift community brought the underglow back. Mm-hmm. I, I remember doing it a, a few years ago, and then it started really catching on and stuff. I just thought I did it as a joke. They were like 40 bucks on eBay. I was like, let's do it. It'll be yeah. hilarious. I went in Walmart and uh, bought the underglow. It's like this long, but it was like a neon bulb, right? <laughs> yeah. And, then, yeah. and I bolted that to the front up, up under the bumper. Uh, and it was like blue. And I was like, yep. the cool. It was the only one I had. No other lights anywhere else. Just that one in the front. I was like, that shit's cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did all all the way around the car. And then, like, the first event, it all got ripped off. The, the, one of the wires, the, the zip tie broke, and it caught the ground and yeah. ripped everything out. But I had, all, of course, all four sides. And then I put one above where, like, the FD brake lights would oh, be. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And then it just, sh- I have purple tint, so it kind of, like, shined down. On, I don't know. It, it looked cool to me. Absolutely. But. I used to kind of drift the S10, though. Like, I love power sliding. Anytime, you know, gra- <laughs> I'm on gravel and I'm like power sliding, or if I could go around a turn if it was wet and like, because it didn't yeah. have positive traction, but if you sling it, it'll go. Yeah. And like, it'll float. And man, it like, that, that was kind of what got me into drifting was like, I love sliding around. I didn't know what drifting was. I was 16 years old. Yeah. But then when I got the SR20 and the 240, I started to learn more about the drifting. And I was like, I have to. I want to do this. It just comes with the 240. Yeah, I'm like, work. I'm going to go do this. So what I would do is I would wait um, until the middle of the night when it was raining. And I would go to the mall parking lot. And that's that's how I learned how to drift. Is I Because I, I didn't have tires. Love I didn't have money that. for tires. Yep. And yep. so I would go slide around until the mall cop comes over with his green light, you know, and kick me out of there. He's like, I don't call the cops on you. Hey, buddy, you got to get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, and then so... Um, I kind of sucked at that for a while because I had an open diff, you know. Oh, just, yeah. You just didn't know better, yeah. Man, I couldn't understand. I'm like, I see him doing it on, you know, like, mm-hmm. was it Street Fire back then? Was StreetFire.net? Uh, Holy shit. Because YouTube was a thing. Bringing where, out like, the old knowledge. Yeah, but Street Fire was, like, where you would go to, like, get real, like, racing content. And I would mm-hmm. see people drifting. I'm like, man, I, why is my why don't my car do that? Yeah. And then I got online. It was like the Nico forums and the Zilvia. I was about to say straight to the forums, yep. baby. And that's where I learned. It was like, you need to weld your diff. Yep. I'm like, all right. How do I do that? So then, <laughs> in, you know, in my apartment parking lot, I jacked my car up on four jack stands and I pulled the diff out. And I was violating every. Yeah. I was about to say, if you've ever lived in an apartment, you know, working on your car is a big no-no. Oh, yeah. Because it's like kids running around and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't care. Man. I jacked it up on all four. I dropped the diff out. Go to the back parking lot. It, you figure it out. It's fine. Oh, I did it right there in the front. Man. I didn't care. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I find me, bitch. I was like, where? I don't have anywhere else to do this. Um, yeah, they didn't find me. They did leave a note on my car. I had Uh-oh. two days, I think, to to get, get it, it all back State. together and shit. Yeah, but it, I mean, I was I took it to the welder that day, so oh, I had it back yeah. together in like the next day. Um, and then that's when drifting really started, right? I, I was like, oh, I can go do real drift events now yeah yeah um and yeah that's what like that's what got me into it and i would say by then it was like 2006 2007 before okay i actually made it to my first ever legit drift event that wasn't a mall parking lot you know yeah yeah what was that first drift event like back what you Man, said in, yeah, what oh six oh five oh six yeah okay uh, well i would say probably oh six oh seven okay i'd have so to go back and look i don't remember um yeah that's a long time ago 
No, the first drift event was it was pretty far away. It was out in Virginia Beach. Oh, yeah, and I'm okay. out of I'm out of uh, at the time I was living in, in Virginia, but yeah, in South Boston, or like Danville. Was it area. just like eager to get to an event? Yeah, I was like, I want to go to an just, event. I just want there wasn't one. I want to go do this uh, and not on the street. You know, I want to go to an event, so I went down there, um, and there's like an airfield out there that they. Were oh, sick! At. Yeah, hell yeah! I remember my first drift event. The guy, you know, the guys were coaching everybody. Everybody's mm. new at this, that's and they're cool. like, "Wherever you look, that's where you're going," and drifting. So yeah, that's what yeah. you do, right? Off of the end of the airstrip was a crane. It's like a broken down crane. It's just out okay. there. He was like, "Don't look at the crane. You won't go hit the crane." Somebody hit the crane. He was looking dead <laughs> at that motherfucker. Yeah, as soon as he initiated, oh, yeah. Bing. But it's way off too. Like you have to really mess up. But you know, and like. When you first start now, man. some wild shit yeah. sometimes. Every once in a while. Um, the, the, that one thing you never thought would happen fucking happens. Yeah, I think it was a Lexus, too. Oh. Like SC, SC300. Like, I don't See, the, <laughs> those are, what, what do you think about those? I think they're cool, but they are kind of heavy. They're, they're heavy. Um, they're goofy cool, looking. Cool, cool, but heavy. But I guess if you strip them down. I mean, there's a guy that runs it, um, Piedmont Drift with one. He does really good. But oh, yeah. This is all stripped I've out. I've seen several good ones, but they're, yeah, again, they're all either really stripped or they make a lot of power. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's not my favorite. I'm not a Lexus guy. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't That's know fair. mess with I like the IS300s just because I'm a big sedan guy, but, and, yeah. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> um, well, how, so you got the S13. When did you get the S13 you have now? I got that, um, I'll say, last fall. Okay. So how did you stumble upon that one? I was, um, so I was in, back in the market for, uh, so, you know, I'd already built my drift car, um, my, my C5, and I was happy with that. And I'm like, I really want another 240 because the prices are, are going up so high. I want to get my 240 that I keep as a street car and I'll, and, um, Fix up and yeah. paint and everything else and not tear it up. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to save one for myself. Gotcha, gotcha. So I went on, you know, six months just looking at Facebook Marketplace, looking wherever until this one popped up. Okay. And um, I messaged the guy right away. You know, he wanted five grand for this SR20 AC, like <laughs> fully built, like Megan coilovers, like every part you can imagine on this car yeah. is there. Fully built um, as in like internals and stuff. Oh uh, well, the cams. Or... It, it the the internals of the short block weren't built. Oh, okay. It did, it did have Tomei cams. It had a Tomei seventy nine forty turbo. I mean, Sick. big okay. injectors. You know, had a power. It's an old build. It had a power FC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked, but it had everything you could imagine. You good conservative power build. Yeah, yeah. Good mid range power build. Yeah. Um. So I messaged the guy, and he's like. Well, you're you're the second person that's messing me, but the first person's coming to get it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, long story <laughs> like, short, yeah. Oh man, uh, I was like, dude, I'll go get the cash now. I'll be there with the trailer tomorrow. Pick it up if you know. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I'll let you know if something happens. So I went to the bank anyway, got the cash just in case. And sure enough, yep. guy started flaking on him, and he messaged me. He was like, can you be here tomorrow with the money? I'm like, dude, I will be there. Absolutely, fucking I will be there tomorrow. So. Uh, a buddy of mine hopped in the truck and we went down to Wilmington, North Carolina and loaded it on a tow dolly, Shit. which was actually a pain in the ass because oh, it's I'm lowered sure. and it won't go on the front. So it's mm-hmm. a pig nose and with the lip and it won't, it would not go on the, on the tow. It's a U-Haul Damn. tow dolly. It wouldn't, it, it wasn't going to go. No boards. It, it was not going to happen. So we we're going to have to back wow. it on there, which is, well, it's kind of stressful because <laughs> you, you got to have the wheels 
perfectly straight going on the road, right? Yeah. Well, then I try to back it on there, and the exhaust is like hitting the toe dolly. <sighs> Fuck. I had to just send it. <laughs> <laughs> like we're getting it on there somehow. Yeah, and it dented it. That's all it did, though. It dented the exhaust. I mean, uh, I ended just up changed the note of hair. Yeah, I ended up putting a different exhaust on it anyway. It was running <laughs> a um, an Apexi Nor, or I don't know how okay. you pronounce it, but it's the quiet, yeah, I don't know. the stealth exhaust. I'm like, who the hell? Why would you run uh, this? But whatever. Who wasted their money on? <laughs> I don't know. It's like super quiet. Like, yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, uh, and it's black. Apparently, if you go on Apexi's website and look up like the reason this exhaust this exhaust exists is uh the like so that it's not shiny and loud and for the cops and it's yeah. It's oh my god! <laughs> Whatever. But it's discontinued now. Believe, California you know? bullshit. Yeah. So I, I ripped that off. Uh, I I put uh, I don't even remember what exhaust I put on there. One of the GT exhausts. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They all sound the same, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, so, th- so you have more than one S13 right now, then? No, that's the only one I got. Oh, okay. I think. So I've owned ten in my entire life. Um, I've trashed a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and now I've just got this one. Okay. Which did, is actually. Did you do a lot of part outs and stuff with some? I of did them, some. Uh, so I went through some periods of time where I would get two cars for one. So, like, I remember I traded my RB S13 for two S14s, but. <laughs> Neither one ran, but together, <laughs> together they yeah, would yeah. run and be a good car. Uh, and I have a whole other parts car. Sick. So Sick. Um, at the time, my RB was like not reliable. It didn't have power yeah. steering. Was that RB20? It's RB20, okay. yeah. And uh, I was kind of sick of like not having power steering and not being reliable. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need a reliable car. And, and yeah. Again, not being smart, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll trade this guy for two S14s and just... <laughs> Get me a reliable S14, right? Yeah. Instead of selling it and getting the money and then like buying a normal car. But that's that's for the years. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't do the easy way. No. Come on. That's not that's not the drift life, man. It's <laughs> not our nature. We can't do that. Uh well okay, so you have the vet too. When did 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 you explain how you got that? No, not yet. Okay. Well, show um, me, tell me a little bit about that. How did you how did you come across the vet? So I've always loved Corvettes, like even as a kid. Mm-hmm. And if you know, there's no way I would have ever thought like 10, 15 years ago that I would have a drift Corvette. Like, yeah, no, nah, that's that's not gonna happen. Might, <laughs> yeah. might have a regular They're Corvette. So valued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually had a C6 for a while. It was like my daily driver. It was a great car. That's cool. Um, and I sold that, moved on. Anyway, so I want to get back into drifting. So like, I did like some go kart racing and stuff. Okay. Um, actually, the tile is together. So I did, I drifted to like twenty. Uh, 2008, 2009. Okay. And then, like, I lost my job, like, through yeah. the, you know, like, got laid off from recession and all that. Yeah. It was and I was like, I, you know, I parted my SR out and sold all my stuff. And I was like, I can't drift, man. It's, yeah. uh, you know, I was already broke, but when you don't have a job, you're more broke. So, yeah. I kind of hung it up and focused on my career. So, fast forward uh, 10 years before I'm like, I'm getting back into drifting. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had cars, I built cars, I had, 40s yeah and, you, you still know, had, had all kind of stuff stuff um, to work on yes and i was still like kind of following along with drifting a little bit like i'd watch fd sometimes uh, That's cool. i'd pop over to local events and watch them i taught the car guys anyway so i decided you know well i did like some uh some go-kart racing and that was fun but like i was like man i really need to get back into drifting like yeah i didn't really like the go-kart community too much if you guys so. are go-kart racers uh Sorry. <laughs> no. Why? They just um, it was like, I mean, it's, like it's just kind of like NASCAR, man. It's just like, 
Everybody's like super secretive. They're not going to tell you anything. That's lame. The growing pains are like really steep. Yeah. You know, and I just, I was trying to have fun. Is it, is doing carding expensive? Yes. Yes. A lot of people don't think it is. It's very expensive. I feel like it's looked at as a very cheap uh, motorsport, I would say. To get into it, it it is. is. It's kind of like drifting. Okay. If you want to go buy a cheap car, like you, you can, can technically one. do it, you can but do it. if you want to do it, if you want to be at competitive, a very well you're, level, if you want to be competitive in like go kart racing, I'm like not like dirt kart racing, but like yeah. sprint style, uh, you would need a budget of at least six thousand, seven thousand for your kart, <laughs> and then you need to you, damn, <laughs> yeah, like that's even at the the, low, the slowest kart, like your chassis is going to cost like three grand alone, and then your motor, Jesus, it's expensive. Um, I'll run you stuff because I'm just getting into it. My yeah. chassis is all worn out. My motor's all worn out. I'm like, you know, I'm like a top 10 guy, which is pretty good. But after three years, I'm like, man, I don't have like, yeah, you know, a running budget of like 20 grand a year, 30 grand a year to go spend wow. on this go-kart racing, man. I don't have it. Yeah. I'd rather go drift, right? So then yeah. I sold all my go-kart stuff and decided to get into drifting. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, and by this time, you know, this was uh, two winters ago, the Corvettes were one they were still cheap and two mm-hmm. you could get fdf angle kits they got all these parts they didn't have yeah. a long time ago so i got i got to look in it and i actually found a copart car in kentucky no shit um it was not from copart but the owner was a business okay where and he had bought it through copart to rebuild it himself and just lost interest wow. and posted it up it still had like how much did he have it posted for uh, seventy five hundred dollars. Uh-huh. And I Shit. called him up, okay. and I was like, "I need it shipped," and I got it shipped to my door for seventy nine hundred dollars. No way. And it's a Z06. Um, damn. And so I, I feel like I got a steal on it because it came with like Corbu seats, it came with the heads yeah. and cam already, exhaust. Like this, whoever wrecked it, road course raced it. Because gotcha, I saw it when gotcha. you pop the hood, you could see all like the little road course racing stickers mm-hmm. and stuff. A fast intake, uh, came with beefed up sway bars on it. Yeah. Um, was there any of the engine messed with? Just beforehand? just the heads and cam. Just heads and cam? Heads, cams, headers, you know, the basics, bolt-ons. Yeah. Um, but it dynoed 432 wheels. And I'm like, I've got less than 10 grand in this car, and it's got 500 yeah. crank horsepower. <laughs> Good Lord. You know, and I got the FDF angle kit on there, and then... And Shout out to FDF, baby. Yeah. That's great. How do you like that so far? The I FDF? love it, man. Yeah. I love that kit. What yeah. version the is mini, it? I just have the cheap Mini Madness. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah, it's great. It's bolt-on. I've been running it for two years now. Um, and a lot of people get into the whole argument or debate. Can you run on the max 70-degree setting with stock control arms? Yeah. I'm like, you can because I do it. Yeah. You just have to. You have to run wheel spacers, which I run conversion spacers. Okay. So at 114.3. Sick. Um, Sick. And that pushed my wheels out a bit. To kind of yeah. clear things. Um, and the biggest problem is that at that point, the computer is right there behind that right front wheel. It'll Ooh, rub yeah. the computer and wiring harness and all that. So you got to relocate that to the passenger side. Gotcha. All that's free. Yeah. That's easy so, work. Yep. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So cause... I'm running stock control arms and everything. And I 70 degrees of angle on that kit. Damn. Yeah. And just a bolt-on. Just a, what was it, like 400 bucks? Yeah. $400 bolt-on kit. It's great. Dude. You got a Corvette C5. You don't have that kit. That's that. Do that. <laughs> yep. Not many cars can you get seventy degrees out of just a no, simple bolt-on kit. Not at all. You got to upgrade wow. everything. But yeah. It's, it's awesome. Um, 
Now, it has two settings, a 50-degree and a 70-degree. I struggled on a 50-degree setting. Um, Corvettes. Which, I mean, even to start out on 50, degree, 50 degrees is quite a bit. That's yeah, a good... for, but for whatever reason, Corvettes like to over-rotate without yes. the angle. Well, I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, if, if you've ever driven an F-body and you try to watch mm-hmm. somebody in an F-body do donuts, mm-hmm. it has that like whipping effect. But that the reason it does that is because there's not enough angle to do a, like a perfect circle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a Corvette will do the same thing. <laughs> uh, even at the fifty That's degree funny. setting, once it starts to kind of over rotate a little bit, you can't you can't come back from it. So, yeah, it just um, kind of buries itself out. Yeah, there. it's really happy in that fifty to sixty two, probably. If I'm just okay. guessing, range like seventy, like you're spinning out, like you're done. Damn. Um, or if you do save it, you lost all your speed and angle. You know. Yeah, that's that's what I, <laughs> we we were just talking about that a little bit. Yeah, because on my car, like I have I have the Mega Mantis kit, so it, there's so much angle even without the rack relocation and still a bump stop in it. Like it's an absurd amount of angle that I can't even fathom using all of that angle, even doing backies. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it just slows the but, car down. Yeah, you gotta have six hundred, seven hundred plus horsepower to even be able to use that amount of angle for any type of leverage or gain. Absolutely, yeah. If you're yeah. you're if you're running a mini Manus on seven degrees with a vet, you're not gonna be driving at full lock, mm-hmm. and that's not your goal. You just have it available if you need it, but yeah, you're not gonna be driving at full lock. No, no. So. What do you suggest that people start off with low angle whenever they first get into drifting? Um, man, that's a good question. Cause I I would always say yes, just because I I appreciate that I did that for myself. Now I did it because of budget reasons. I, I couldn't afford the angle kits and stuff like that. But I think it kind of trained me how to actually really drive the car rather than lean on the angle. Yeah. Um. So I agree with that part. I think it depends on the car. So like That's a 240, fair. for instance, yeah, stock angle. You can drift it, mm. no problem. I don't know. It was like cut the knuckle a little bit if you want. Yeah. What is it? What is a stock 240? Like 45 degrees, maybe. It's 42. I didn't even. I didn't know that. I could be wrong, but like a Corvette's like 20 something. It's bad. Yeah, Corvettes <laughs> are horrible. I think so, it was 24. Uh, yeah, had, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about that the other day on Corvettes, but so I would say if you have enough angle to be able to drift the car. And learn on it, yes, but like on a Corvette, even at the fifty degree, it wants to over rotate. You're gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know if that's good to learn on. Like, if the at car, that point you, you it's know, kind of useless. Yeah, I don't know, but like a two forty is a little bit uh, the angle, the way it's set up, I guess. Like as far as maybe Ackerman or mm-hmm. however it's set up, yeah. stock <laughs> angle lets you actually drift the car. That's why they got super popular. Yep. Uh, I think the biggest thing, like getting into it, is like one, don't add too much angle, and like don't add too much horsepower. And don't rely on your e-brake too much at the beginning. Yeah, that's one thing I wish uh, I would have learned quicker was not to use the e-brake so much. Because I, I, I kind of, I didn't really know much about drifting when I got into it. So I always thought that that was like your resource, your main resource in drifting. So now that's, yeah. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Especially uh, if you're camping on it. Yeah. It <laughs> I don't that that bothers me for some reason. I know that's comfortable for some people, but it just bothers the fuck out of me. Yeah, just sit there with it. Put your hand on the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so like I think you know, using e brakes is a tool. Great it's great. Um mm-hmm. I use mine a lot. Like I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. I didn't learn on it. And I learned a lot on transitions. Yeah. 
early early on because I had like a stock handbrake in the 240 and it was garbage. So <laughs> I'm yep. pulling it from there. <laughs> I didn't even have a drift button. I would take duct tape and like I would push yep, the button in. I would there. duct tape it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just realized it was much easier to clutch kick in my entry. Yeah. And then my transitions, I would just, um, you know, flick the car or whatever I needed to do to transition and not pull the e-brake so much. Mm-hmm. So it would depend on the track. Like if it's a hard like hairpin or something, you kind of need to use it. But yeah, no, I agree. Uh, have you ever driven mid pond? Nope, okay. I've never, never been there. It's on the my bucket center, list. Center, oh, good. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic track. Uh, but this the center hairpin, like you're coming around that sweeper and you're you're just hauling ass, and it's it's a complete hairpin. Yeah, it does that sometimes. Uh, one eighty right turn, so you're having to flick it as hard as you can and scrub a shit ton of speed. That's a perfect time to use the handbrake, and I would say throw a little bit of a backy there if you can. Absolutely. <laughs> I would I would say it's a good initiation, like for most tracks, the handbrake. But like, I don't think you should go to a track learning that way. Yeah, I think you should still do the flick and then handbrake if you need to scrub a little bit of speed. But um, yeah, that's one thing I would wish I learned sooner too. Instead of just running straight up and, and then yanking the up. handbrake, and then your initiation kind of just looks goofy at that point. Yeah, well, a lot of times too, if you rely too much on a handbrake, you end up being a slow driver. That too, yeah. In, in chase. And so when you get into competition, you're like, hey, I can't stay on this guy's door. And it's like, stay off the handbrake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. And that requires you to learn how to either initiate or even if it's just a quick pull. And then when you transition through the rest part of the course, like, I need to transition my car without pulling the handbrake so I can try to stay on their door. Yeah. So that's, you know, that, that counter steering and mm-hmm. like slowing down with angle kind of stuff. And that left foot braking comes in. Um, if you just pull the handbrake, you're going to slow down like, yeah. probably too much. I think a lot of that comes with just being fearful in the moment. Yeah. Well, for, it's, a, well, it's a safety net. Drivers. Yeah. Safety net. That's that's very correct. Uh, how, how did you kind of overcome that whenever you first started? Um, so once, once I got with the vet, when I got back into that, because I never used a handbrake in my 240s. Yeah. When I got in the vet, um, I was using the handbrake too much. And... Really, one of my moments was actually at Hyperfest at VR. Okay. Uh, this is my first year driving VR. It was the first time I've ever done high speed drifting like that, coming down the hill. You know, third gear for the Z06, that's pretty, that's pretty tall gear. Yeah. Usually I'm in second <laughs> at every other track. Um, and so I couldn't link the bottom part of the course. You know, I'm coming down the hill, I'm doing Damn. great. And then when you're about to pop down that hill, Mm-hmm. You can't really see outside of that zone, like how far it goes out because of the yeah. way the hill is as you're coming. So I don't, you know, it's kind of like a safety net to pull the handbrake because you're like, I don't want to go flying way off course down the hill, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't link it. Like I would like shallow up and I'm like pulling the handbrake a whole lot at the end, trying to slide through the, the clipping point and then up back up the hill. Okay. So I actually had Alex ride with me and uh, on the back part of the course, second gear, oh man, I kill it. Yeah. And uh, he rides with me. We get done. And he was like, man, you killed it on the back. Like, yeah. He was like, you know why you can't, why you're not killing it on the front? I'm like, no, man, tell me. What, yeah, let me know. What, 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 he was like, he was like, man, you're not committing. You're using the handbrake. You're not mm-hmm. committing. So basically he told me. Not I, letting the car float. Basically he told me I had commitment issues, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. uh, yeah, so the Fuck very me. next lap, I went out and uh, laid off the handbrake on that transition and, and linked the course. Yeah. Good. And I was like, that's it, man. Go it. faster. Go faster. Stay off the handbrake. Go uh, faster. It's, it is a safety net because it makes the car, f- you, you know what the car is going to do. It's so predictable when you pull it. Yeah. If you don't pull in that transition, did you, how much angle did you throw at it? And what's that rate, weight transfer mm-hmm. going to feel like? Is it going to over rotate? Yep. Right? You'll never find that limit either. Well, yeah. how, what, how far is too far? You got to actually push it. If you keep relying on the handbrake, you'll never get there. Right. And you'll absolutely. never know what the car is actually capable of. Yep. Anyways. <laughs> so, um, all right, what what coilovers do you run then? I don't have coilovers. Well, uh, even on the S13. Oh, on the S13, it has uh, it has Megan coilovers. With Swiss, Swiss. Oh, that's right, you said that. It has okay. Swiss springs on it. Um, Sick. Okay. The vet's still rocking stock leaf springs. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> well, with vets, you can. I mean, you can, they, you can they, lower it. It's still got handle the, like a dream. Yeah, it's got the lower bolt. I do comp in it. Fuck you yeah! Know? Like it's fine, but especially yeah. with, like amateur stuff. Oh, I can yeah. still I can still like get on the door program hangs. cars with it. That's crazy. It Corvettes just, are such cheat codes. It it is, and then, so it's so soft too. Though. Like it's, uh, I use my adjustable sway bar to adjust the how much grip I'm getting. Is, yeah. That and tire pressure and everything else, <laughs> and I, I still need coilovers. Don't get me wrong, I need coilovers. Yeah, but for what I'm doing BCs, right now, BCs, baby. <laughs> if you guys need BCs, get you some coilovers. Um. Yeah, so I, that's my plan in this winter is to do some coilovers. I want to do bash bars, coilovers. If the budget allows, do a cage. I want to make it more oh, yeah. of like a pro-am car. Nice. I mean, basically, if that is a pro-am car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would take some stuff from Wes. His car is turning out and really good with what he's doing with it. And it's a C5 as well. So. Yeah. I know the C5s don't get a lot of love, but... Um, if you you know if you can scoop one up cheap, I recommend it. Really, so yeah. I actually was talking to Matt Field and uh, um, oh, yeah. St. Du- hey, St. Louis. Okay, yeah, he was after the race and he was just out there, and so I walked up and just talked to him. You know, I told him who I was and yeah, this yeah. and that, and I talked to him for about twenty minutes about drift Corvettes and stuff. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> he he, ba- he basically says like, a, there's no difference between drifting a C5 and a C6. It's all appearance. That's what I've heard. There's too, no difference. Yeah. He was like, so you get whatever is cheaper, whatever you prefer. Yeah. But so there's no, it there's really no all comes down to look at that point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's a, a lot of people talk about like the different tub sections in the back with the C5s. Apparently, he was like, it's no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Z06 or hatch, it doesn't matter. He's That's like, they're crazy. all basically the same amount of work to fix anything back there. They're all Legos. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so. Okay, so do uh do you still I guess drift the S13 then? No, or it's not car. anymore. I never or drifted you the never S13. Did. Okay. The, not this one. The was that the first one that you drifted? Yeah, the okay. first that so the first one was a white S13 SR, and the one I have now is a white S13 SR. Yeah. But I I found the car that looked almost exactly like my old one. <laughs> You know, on purpose. Like I want yeah. nostalgia. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but this oh, yeah. one I, I haven't drifted it, and I'm not. I don't plan on drifting. Don't plan on it. Um, I that's might. What the FC is going to be. I might would do like a small like parking lot event or something. Yeah. But then, like, I don't want to blow open. up my SR. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to throw rock arms that, and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like I just built this motor, and it's great. You know, it put 370 through the wheels, and it's got AC, and it's a nice motor. If I just drive it and enjoy it, it'll probably last, what, like 200,000 miles maybe. Yeah. That's crazy to me that you have AC on it. Yeah, man. So cool. 
it it, it works, but the uh, the vent selector doesn't work right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's always something broke on it. Yeah, it's always going to be something. <laughs> well, it's got you the... You can't J- get away scot-free. Yeah, it's got the JDM uh, digital conversion on it. Oh, yeah, okay. So it's, That's which cool. Which is awesome. It's super cool, but here's the problem. So when I got it, it got everything working. The vent selector has like a little motor in it. That comes okay. off of like a Maxima or something. That's the cross part. And it's all wired in there. I'm glad I don't have to do any of that. I hate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while I'm trying, I'm messing around trying to get the AC work and all this. And I hit, you know how if like the vent's not on the one that you want it, you go click, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> so I do that and then it stops doing anything. And I'm like, this Uh-oh. sucks. So <laughs> I take it apart and I see like that little motor inside is not turning. So I go look. And this car came with like a hatch full of extra parts. Oh, he was a 240 hoarder. Yeah, too. and what are the chances? There's another one of those motors in there. <laughs> like, this is like, this is odd, but cool. Yeah, right. Um, I guess maybe he knew. I don't know. So look, I pop it in there, and it's working. I'm like, hell yeah, man! Shit, I got it. And then like, I do it again, like not realizing what went wrong. Mm-hmm. I went click, 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 click. It stopped working. I'm like, fuck, that's what's wrong. I'm, I'm clicking the vent selector too fast and it's fucking the motor up oh my god yeah so now it only blows (laughs) it only blows it only blows out of the defrost right now so it's still it's still ac but like you know man fog your windshield right up (laughs) you know it's it's just it takes a little while for it to cool down because and i just hadn't bought the part and now i know if i buy the part i gotta be really easy with pushing the gotta be gentle with (laughs) the technology it's All not, you know, 40 shit. Um, but you know what? It's still a flex. It's still a flex. Hey, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You get, you get the, the title to say that your car, your 240 has AC. You don't see, you don't hear that very often. Let's jump into this RV. So tell me, where did this big ass RV come into play? If just for context, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he just came from St. Louis and FD, he drives, he, uh, an RV everywhere to, to kind of stay. I here. drive a RV in FD. I drift at. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah yeah so he he i had to p- go pick him up from a local farm where he's staying uh in his rv which was pretty cool actually but uh give a rundown where how did that come into play uh yeah so i i, I camp like all the time hell yeah so i love okay. camping uh i've always like rented campers or whatever never owned my own mm-hmm. and then uh so me and my girlfriend were talking earlier Last year, and we were talking about, hey, like over the winter, let's, we're going to buy an RV and it's going to be, it'll tow the race car. Yeah. That way we can camp at the racetracks, which we already are camp, camping in other events anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to the lake. We're going to the beach. So, uh, and she also wanted to get back into contract work for what she does. Okay. So it made sense for us to buy a 38 foot motorhome. Yeah. Uh, for her to be able to travel later this year yeah, to all over cool. the world, okay. right? Because I can, oh, not the world, the United States, um, wherever she wants to go, because I can work remote. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. tag along. If I want to go drifting, I'll fly home, grab my truck and the trailer and go on down. But in the meantime, I can pull the race car to, to the events. Yeah. And have somewhere um, to stay. Yeah. It, yeah. And then uh, basically, then this, the whole ordeal with me getting into FD, being a mechanic, and I already had the RV. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, fucking perfect. <laughs> it's uh, all worked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it worked out really well. Like, having that at the racetrack for the team is like, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Not all the teams get that. And it's yeah. a luxury. 
Um, and I also get to travel when I go, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, it's been I, great. I, I, the reason I wanted to bring it up is because there, there seems to be, um, kind of a, a niche for that where people are kind of growing into getting RVs and using that to tow their race car and kind of travel a little bit more. Like I, I told you, Andy May, which you guys have seen him on the podcast, he does that to his, and that's his life pretty much. He has, yeah. That's his home. Uh, so I think that's kind of a, a good topic to get into since it's growing. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you can get an RV for not much more than a tow truck. That's I mean, yeah, like a tow vehicle, right? Yeah. Like, so, how much did you pay for that one? Though? I got it for thirty-seven thousand. Thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah, and it's what a, year is it? It's a two thousand five. So okay, a uh, Fleetwood so, Bounder, thirty-eight foot. It's on a Freightliner chassis, so it's on a bus chassis. <laughs> it has air. It looks like a fucking bus. <laughs> it is a bus, dude. Like, cause it's got the big windshields. Yeah. Um, it's got air brakes. It's got an engine brake. Damn. Okay. It's got all that. So it's it's literally a bus. What's a what's a normal lifespan for an RV like that? Oh man, it it it's all on the care because all right. So the motor and transmission are are pretty solid. It's got a cat mm. cat motor, three hundred horsepower, like nine hundred fifty foot pounds of torque, diesel, and then it's got an Allison six speed transmission. Fuck yeah, it's pretty solid. And you're gonna do maintenance on it, but it's solid. Yeah, RVs fall apart like while you're going on the road, basically. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the nature of the beast. It's a single wide trailer on wheels, and you know it's. <laughs> you hit a pothole and it's not the most aerodynamic you know it's um, gonna catch some wind in some places yeah it's all about the maintenance on the camper aspects of it like okay. making sure all the things are replaced or tightened or yeah not letting it get away like and like another big one is like the awnings man like if there's a storm coming up roll the awning in like at yeah. fd st louis the storm rolled in and the camper beside me it ripped their entire awning off oh fuck and it was a big one. They had like a Super C. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's like a... Yeah, no, no, I don't know. Super C is like a transfer truck converted into an RV, basically. Oh. Like it that's okay. would be the chassis and then the back part where the trailer would normally hook up is all... Oh, okay. Converted. So like a toter home type of It's like of a deal. toter home kind of thing. Anyways, but they have a big awning and that thing just like ripped off and... They actually unbolted it and just oh, left man. it in the parking lot <laughs> next to the trash. Sure's <laughs> now. You do what you want with it. But yeah, like that kind of stuff, man. It's like paying attention and like taking care of stuff. Um, I mean, it could be expensive to repair. So if you're already a mechanic, you're ahead of the game. If you've yeah. got to pay RV shops, I don't know, you might want to rethink your decision. I did an old change fair. on it. It cost me like 250 bucks. How much would it, like, would it cost to pay someone? Probably like 500. <sighs> hmm. It takes five gallons of oil. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's a lot yeah. of fucking oil. Yeah, man. Uh, so you were telling me some of the kind of weird quirks you have to look out for when you are getting an RV, uh, like tow weight, tow capacity, stuff like that. Yeah. So most of, most of the RVs, especially like some of the, um, class C ones that are on like a F250, F350 chassis, Mm -hmm. they only have a tow rating of 5,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. Most, most of the weight of the RV is on the chassis already. Yeah. So if you know if you do know anything about towing and your gross weight and what you tow, mm-hmm. you have to do math on like how much you can pull versus how much weight you already got on the vehicle. Yeah, especially so, if you're adding stuff inside more people. Right, and, and you that, got so. your tanks and you got to fill them up with water. You know, yep. you got your black tank that fills up with shit, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you got to account for all that, and by the time you weigh down the RV, it doesn't have much tow capacity left in it. 
Okay. So, but there's plenty of guys that do it anyway, and I don't know, like, I don't know if they YOLO yeah. it or whatever. I wasn't taking chances. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck, he called you out. Yeah. Uh, so I, I run the, I just got a diesel pusher because it's got like, I don't know, 15,000 yeah. pounds it can tow. Maybe it's 12. I don't know. I'm okay. not towing that much, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you get into the diesels. They're more expensive, but. And do you have, like, what kind of, what kind of trailer setup are you running? Is it, a, do you run an aluminum trailer to so keep the weight right, down? Right now, I'm renting a trailer. Oh. And it's a uh, tilt bed steel trailer. Okay. Yeah. The tilt ones are dope. Not yep. going to lie. It's actually cheaper uh, for me to rent that trailer than to own one at the moment because. Oh, how so? Well, since I'm doing the FD stuff, I don't really have time to do many events. Um, That's, fair. That's fair. I've maybe done four events this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I've only done one comp. More than me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting at zero. And uh, he only charges me $100 a day, so. Damn, I only have okay. it two days. It's two hundred bucks. I pick it up, or sometimes he drops it off my house. Hundred dollars, I would say, is a little steep, uh, well, especially around here. Like, it, there's a guy out in uh, Murfreesboro, which is about thirty, forty minutes away from here. Uh, last time I checked, I think it was like sixty bucks a day. Yeah, uh, but you still have like the two, three hundred dollar insurance fee that you know gets reimbursed to you after you bring it back and oh, yeah. shit like that. So you got to have more than just sixty. 60 bucks a day to rent the damn thing. Um, but like my trailer, I got when ah, before COVID and crap. So I, I paid two grand for a steel deck trailer, uh, brand new, like not the insane quality, but it's like a low trailer. Like I've, it's very low car friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always curious what other people's trailer setups they, that because I I was very dumbfounded that I found a trailer like that for so cheap. Yeah. And especially nowadays, like good. Dude, they're they're expensive luck. now. Like I was looking. Um, I'm gonna end up with an enclosed trailer. Like I've decided that's the after being in yeah. Alex's trailer. I'm like, ah, yeah, man, this is the setup. He just drives the car up in there, and all the tools are already there. Yeah. It's then you get to lock all your stuff up. You don't have right. to have like a. A bed cover or topper or anything like yeah. that, and the tilt bit works for now. But I will say, um, uh, my first drift event of this year at South Boston Speedway, uh, when I went to go load the car up after, like the next morning after the event, you know, mm-hmm. it's like dew on the ground, it's dew on the trailer. Yeah, yeah, and it's got the tilt bit on there. Well, I had bolted brand new tires on the car to just to go home with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I just didn't use them. Like, right? yeah, I bolted yeah. them on, and then the event was over or whatever. But they were brand new. They weren't scrubbed up or nothing. Yeah. So, you can probably tell where this is going. <laughs> so, if everything's wet, and I'm trying to load the trailer up, and as soon, you know, as soon as it hits that steel deck, it just bends. Yeah. I'm like, damn it, right? <laughs> and it's and it's so narrow. Like, this, you know, a tilt bit is narrow because yeah, you got to have a tilt bit, right? Yeah. And so, like, my girlfriend's trying to guide me. Like, I'm getting frustrated. So, I back up. And I just, dude, I just send it up on the trailer. I'm, I'm getting it on the trailer. Hopefully, I don't make it into the trailer. It made RV. it on the trailer, but I blew my right front tire because it caught the edge. Oh, she, fuck. By the time she told me to go left, it was too late. Yeah, I was going you were already fast, committed, man. And I, I hit that corner, and it blew my my Kenda 225. Brand new. Brand, that, that was, I only had one event on that 225. Oh. Yeah, the rears were brand new, but I had one event that that, on that Kenda. It was oh man, I was like. So then I called my tire guy. Man, ruining a brand new tire—that <laughs> that's a whole different type of feeling. Oh, it was sidewall. It hurts your heart so much. It was a sidewall. No, no coming back. Oh yeah, done, you can't man. even patch it. Can't do shit. Nope. It was done. So 
And I'm like, well, it's on the trailer now, so let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it. Yeah. Um, Shut that bitch down. Yeah. So like then I'm like, man, I don't like I like Tilted, but then I look back and what I should have done is mm. I should have went out to the pavement and did a burnout. <laughs> Because then it would have made the yeah, tires hot stickier, and sticky, yeah. and then it would have went right on the trailer, no problem. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can understand that one. <laughs> um, well, so with the the RV, uh, I guess, you were telling me, I, remind me what the name of that app is again that you use? It's uh, Harvest Host. Harvest Host. Okay, so... You were telling me that you use this to be able to find places to stay with the RV, especially given that it's so damn big, and yeah. to be able to have hookups. I've never even heard of this before, <laughs> so I guarantee you none of you guys have probably heard it before. If you have, let me know in the comments, and maybe I'm just dumb. <laughs> but <laughs> tell us a little bit about that in case someone is interested in going this route. Yeah, so Harvest Hosts, uh, it's like $100 a year, um, and it's wineries and breweries that sign up, and... They let you park your RV in that parking lot for free over just one night. Yeah. Um, and they, they usually don't have hookups, but some some do. It just mm -hmm. depends on the place. But, yeah, you just go park, go inside the brewery, grab some beers, go do whatever. And yeah. you have, you know, roughly 24 hours. They're not real strict about when you need to be out or anything like that. But That's cool. That's, like, how you can hop from place to place. You know, you can drive four or five hours and you can stop at this brewery and then you can go see what the nightlife in that town is like and then yeah. and then kind of make like what I call baby steps to the uh, the end goal, right? So yeah. for example, um when I went to New Jersey to E Town, I stopped in Alexandria, Virginia first, uh, mm -hmm. a brewery and went downtown Alexandria, found like an Irish pub, hung out, met That's some cool. people. And then the next day I went to Philly. And I got to hang out that brewery. Those people were super cool. They had great beers. Hell yeah. And I bought a bunch of their beers too, right? I'm like, it's so good. <laughs> I'm going to stock bought, up while I'm here, baby. Yeah, I bought all these beers and t-shirts and stuff. And then, uh, then I popped over to a Phillies game, just hanging out in yeah, the city. And then after that. the Phillies game, pop over to like the, the bar, hang out, meet people. And then next day I'm in mm -hmm. New Jersey, uh, ready for E-Town. Yeah. You know? So it's a great way to travel. Um, And also, so with uh, Harvest Host, they have a partner called Boondockers Welcome, which is like an extra 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's like your um, farms and those type of places that participate that will allow RVers to come. So the place that you picked me up from is just a farm down the road. Yeah. Um, Literally. It's just, it's like a horse farm. It's, yeah. And they have full hookups there. So I got, you know. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's full full hookups. And some of them charge like a small Actually, fee. Actually, I bet you I know why. Okay. So that probably is... If you don't know, Shelbyville, Tennessee is like the horse riding capital of the country or planet or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. It's it's very big here. So there's a lot of farms around here that will house campers and stuff like that because of yeah. horse riding. Yeah, that makes it so. Yeah, this was a horse farm. And I talked to the, um, I don't know if she's the owner or whoever, whoever I talked to when I got there. Yeah, yeah. And she said um, the reason they have all those hookups is because they used to do horse shows. Oh, literally was, on the property. Yeah, that property is huge. It's like 120 Holy acres. Got, it looked really nice. Yeah, they've got different buildings out there. Um, and so like there was the horse show. The All the campers are set up right where the horse show used to be. And then on the other okay. side was like their dance floor and stuff. And they used to like do weddings and 
Holy shit. Holy crap. All kind of crazy stuff. And then they got a little fishing pond there. Like, I went down there fishing, caught some bass. Like, yeah. And it's beautiful. You either, it's a beautiful property. And, like, you know, they, they just charge a small fee to stay if you're going to use the hookups. If you don't nice. use the hookups, okay. it's just free. But I'll pay the And you said fee. they normally only let you stay one night? Or is that just. It depends. So the wineries and breweries, they usually stay one night. But the Boondockers welcome. You can stay according to whatever they have listed. So, okay. This place so was like. Place. As many nights as I wanted to stay, really, they were cool with it. Fuck yeah! Um, Live here if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, just pay pay you know whatever they would charge per month and just move that's there. cool. Hell yeah! What's the what's the coolest place you say you you would say you've gotten to stay at? I would actually say that farm is probably like the most beautiful place. This one here. Yeah, that's oh, the wow. most beautiful Hell place. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout that, out to Shelbyville. Yeah, I would say that's it's the saying most. saying a lot. <laughs> it's crazy because it's beautiful property. You got all those rolling hills. You got the Tennessee rolling hills in the background. Yeah. You've got you pond. You've got beautiful beat. horses. I mean, like when I got there, I'm like, wow, man. Like, I want to bring my girlfriend back here and just chill like yeah. for a weekend. Let's go on vacation here. Yeah, <laughs> like, pull the grills out and like, yeah. and, and you know. um but other than that, man, I you know I spent five days in Nashville on my way to St. Louis. Oh wow! Okay, and I really enjoy Nashville. So did you get to go down on Broadway and stuff? So I went to Broadway earlier this year. Oh, okay, so yeah. I try and stay as far away from there as possible. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did uh, normal <laughs> Nashville stuff. Like I, I like more of a local. I know a lot of people in Nashville. So hell yeah, I just kind of do the local thing. Um, I actually met somebody last night that. Like know somebody that drifts at Clarksville, right? I don't know who it was. I don't remember that's the tight. name, okay. but I'm like, yeah, man, that's cool. Like, oh yeah. So how have you? Does, does that happen quite a bit when you're on the road, just running into random? It does, guys man. That it's crazy. Drive. Well, it's all kind of crazy stuff. I run into people just in the drift community. And a good example, um, when I was in, um, was it? It was New Jersey. Okay. And I go to the RTR tent. You know, like. I like a lot of drivers, so I buy a lot of their gear. Chelsea's one of the drivers yeah, I like, support. you know. So they got these cool skateboards, right? I want to buy the, the, the skateboard deck yeah. with Chelsea. And I walk up to pay for it, and the girl's like, hey, I know you're, you're Chad. I'm what? Like, I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> How the fuck what? you know me, bro? I'm in New Jersey. I don't know anybody from here. What the fuck? <laughs> and uh, turn, it, yeah, it turns out she... Um, was it does uh mb drift down the series that i race oh, down shit. okay yeah she's down there with like some other people she knows or whatnot and she remembered me and she remembered my car and all that and so i sit and chit chat her for like 10 minutes and i'm like man that's wild like yeah <laughs> you put yourself in some crazy scenarios doing that I've, I've started learning that as i'm traveling around to some of these bigger events and meeting some people it's it's really cool and you, you get to learn a lot of these bigger names and stuff like it they really are just random ass people. They like, are just yeah. normal people. You just they get viewed different in a different light. Yeah, but they're cool. Like the one I had a conversation with Matt Field. Sat there and talked to him for twenty minutes. Yeah, man. like no yeah, problem. So we all know he gets. <laughs> he's gotten his fair share of hate. Yeah, I'll, I'll say my he's term. a fucking businessman. I will always say yep. that. I'll, I'll always give him shit too when he deserves it because he <laughs> is kind of a crybaby sometimes. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> uh, Sorry, what were you about to say? No, I'm just saying that like my interaction with him for that 20 minutes was like, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. No, I agree. Like, it was great. He even told me to personally reach out to him if I had any Corvette questions. Sick. So, you know, like, I'm, that's, you yeah. just tell people that. I mean, I get, like, I have a hard car and stuff like that, but like, yeah, you yeah. didn't have to say that. Like, you can just be like, fuck off, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, 
I know he gets a hard time, but my yeah. interaction, my personal interaction was very positive. So who's the who's your favorite driver you've been able to meet so far in FD then? Um Alex Eclider, duh. <laughs> why is what I work for, man? Uh, um yeah, I mean of course Alex, right? He's super cool. Yeah. Um I'm like honored to be able to work on his team. But I'd say like on the pro side, um I mean probably Matt, like I hadn't really met a lot of the pro guys. Mm. So just had that conversation with Matt was super cool. You know, I talked like I talked to Rudy Hansen, he was pretty cool. Yeah, um, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Cool. Um I've talked to a bunch of them. I don't like can't even remember their names sometimes because you talk Dude, to so many people. I'm terrible with names, bro. <laughs> no matter how many times I talk, like I'm just terrible with names. Yeah, I'll say like Brewski's cool too. So we um there's oh, a yeah? there's a go kart track in St. Louis inside of mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So we uh our, our entire team and Brewski and Turbo Mike and I actually don't know Turbo Mike's real name. I just know Turbo <laughs> Mike. Um, we all raced together, oh, good. which was awesome. Um, yeah, and like. That's cool. Yeah, getting to like race go kart with those guys and shoot the shit with them is awesome. Hell yeah! What's all right? Then what's what's your favorite track in FD? As as far as for the driver, um, what what do you think works out best? I would say uh, E Town's probably at least for Alex is you know his yeah. best track. Um, my personal favorite to spectate was Atlanta. Really? Yeah, I actually really like the amount of speed they come down the hill and like. Yeah, basically doing a backy to go in, and <laughs> and then the you know when you're spectating, um, and then they come around the bowl. It's just a great view. Oh, I'm I'm sure that is cool. I, I like I that. I really like Long Beach though. So it, it Prospect doesn't go to Long Beach. Well, okay, that's true. I forget. Yeah. So I, Damn, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Prospect. We went to Atlanta. We went to E Town, and we went to St. Louis. And then yeah. next is Utah. That might be my next favorite because. So yeah, I from a viewer standpoint on the live streams and stuff, Utah is so fucking beautiful. That that track is just amazing yeah. to watch. I'm excited. I'm not driving the RV there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we ain't going that far. That's uh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> it cost me like two thousand dollars in fuel to get there, probably. Jesus. Um. Yeah, I'm not that's even looking into that. I'm getting a flight out there. Yeah. Well, well, I look oh, forward yeah. to that for sure. Okay. Uh, I can't. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Um, let's see what's on the list. We've pretty much gone over everything. Gone everything. Um, yeah. I mean, we're at an hour and twenty, so we've got a decent podcast. So okay. Uh-oh. Um, I could talk about uh, a story that when I first got into drifting, that was. Oh okay. Yeah, like it's um. It's yeah. Tell me the story there. So, you know, I got this S thirteen SR and I'm all excited. I've done like my first event and I'm ready to go back for my second. Okay. And, um, I'm not trailering my car, right? I'm just driving mm-hmm. it. And I decided to drive this car to Virginia Beach from Greensboro, North Carolina, because that's where I was going to college. Which I don't even know how far it is. It's like four hours. It's far. <laughs> So I drive the car there, and um, as I'm drifting, you know, my dipstick keeps, like, blowing out, blowing oil everywhere. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on, but, like, keep putting oil in it. Like, obviously, the rings are fried. That's, what's, yeah. that's what it yeah. is. But this time, I didn't know that, right? And I keep drifting it, keep drifting it, oil blowing out everywhere. And eventually, sp- oh, man. <laughs> right? so then it spun the bearing. Oh, you know, knock, knock. Yeah. Here comes the spun bearing. And um, I'm like, wow. 
This is not the only. This is the only car I have to drive, oh, and my fuck. dumb ass drove it four hours away from where I live, and I'm no shit up was going <laughs> doing on with stupid it. shit. Like, damn. Yeah, man, it was tough. It was tough. So how did how did you clean that mess up? I ended up having to call uh, like my roommate back in Greensboro. Oh no, he had to rent a U-Haul tow dolly and drive all the way down there, and we had to. Is that the dolly up. situation? Uh, no, this no, was, uh, that was that's when I picked the car up, the car that I have now. Oh, okay, sorry. This, yeah, sorry. this was totally separate. Um, yeah, and then load that car up and take it. I didn't have anywhere to put it because I was living in like an apartment complex, yeah, so I can't. Yeah. So I ended up having to take it to my parents' house in Virginia and drop it off, and then oh, go back. And like, I ended up buying like my brother's car for like six hundred bucks or something. Like, give me around, <laughs> like with some piece yeah. of shitty head. Yeah, it's like, but the point of bringing that story up is like, don't drive your daily driver four hours and go drift it. Yeah, um, it could unless you have a backup plan. Very, <laughs> highly <laughs> consider not daily driving your drift car. Right, Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, if you've got AAA and it covers the mileage, or you've got a backup plan, you know somebody, whatever. Um, yeah, that's fair. But if you like, got the means and you go, can work it out, but like, it's not. You know, I love yellow, but that's not a yellow moment. Yeah, no, <laughs> don't no, no. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Hell yeah. Well, cool. Well, so all right then. What is your kind of end goal for your drifting career? Where do you want to get to? Um, so, you know, I started out kind of just wanting to get back in it for the fun. Um, I wasn't planning on doing comps, but then you know, I was like, well, I'll do. I'll do a comp. A lot of guys talk to me like, hey man, you should do comps. You're pretty good. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, all right, fine, do comps. Did way better at comps than I thought. Um, That's not- how most people that uh, <laughs> that have that same exact mentality. They're like, didn't really question or even want to in, at, at the beginning. But as soon as they did, like Dustin Miles, yeah. he, he like won his first fucking comp, which is crazy. Won $500 off of it or something, wow. something shit like that. I don't know. but Yeah. it's So because I'd never done tandem before until last year. No shit. Because I drifted okay. from like I'd say 05 to 2008, 2009, whatever. Yeah, which was but still I wasn't, so new. It was so new, and I wasn't caged. Nobody was doing tandems because they didn't know like yeah, if yeah. you crash, would people get hurt? So yeah. I had never tandem with another driver, like because I I was you know gone from the sport for like ten years until I got to vet and got back into it, and I finally got to do some tandems. Yeah. Um, and so then I did some comps and I did 10. I did pretty good. Like my first event, I qualified third, right? I'm like, what? Damn. Dude, my goal when I showed up, I was like, I just want to qualify for the race. Yeah. Period. That's it. That was my goal. And then what I got, comp was it? Um, it was, uh, MB Drift. Down oh, okay. In Rockingham. Sick. Yeah. Gotcha. And I qualified third. I'm like, oh man, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Might have a knack for something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I got a bye run. So I like, I ended up in the top 16 right go. off the bat. And I got a one more time on my first freaking battle, man. Like oh, with, shit. with, and the crazy thing is, I was battling a guy that I used to drift with back in 07. That's cool. Yeah. Shout what out to Shaky. Nostalgic run. Yes. You know, the NB Drift guys, uh, shout out to Shaky because we got that one more time. It was awesome. I was like, man, because I drifted with him way back then. He'd been drifting the, the whole moments. time. That's the moments. And uh, I remember, you know, he ended up beating me, but like, we get out of the car and we were just like high five and hugging. It's like, dude, man, you know, we hadn't drifted awesome. together in like 10 plus years. And we were in comp, you know. Uh, so it was pretty cool. And what's ironic is the very next competition, for whatever reason, he didn't qualify very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think we both kind of qualified like mid pack. 
Okay. You know how the bracket goes. Yeah. So you end up. So me and him ended up battling again <laughs> in top thirty-two in it the all very works next. Out the way it needs to. That's crazy. <laughs> and he beat me again. But the the thing is, is like I was like, oh well, like I can actually, I can compete. Yeah. Like I'm I'm decent at this. So then I just keep. I'm a, I'm a contender in this. Yeah. So um, this year I didn't get to compete as much as I wanted to because I did the FD stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, but that's been fun. I've enjoyed like. Doing the FD stuff is like got to take advantage man, of those awesome. opportunities that come very yeah. slim and in, um, in your life. I call it FD University. Yeah, it's it, but yeah, it's it, you're it, learning right now. Yeah, if yeah, you ever want to get to that point, yeah, I got that from from Alex said that you know like when actually when I was having my interview with him, mm-hmm. um, he's like, yeah, this is FD University. Like the That's amount cool. of stuff that you're gonna learn in this role, yeah, is invaluable, and it's been true. So like even my it's not setup, teachable in my setup in my car and like. I can apply so many different things I've learned from mm-hmm. him and from other prospect drivers, from pro drivers, like in test sessions and stuff. You talk to them, they tell you, they, you get to talking about spring rates and like wheel speeds yeah. and like all kind of stuff and like gear ratios and like all that. But you get in the weeds on it. <laughs> it's really understand, right, how to, how to set your car up for a certain track. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's invaluable to learn that stuff. So I'll yeah, apply something that. I still don't even really have a grasp grasp on. Like I understand basic alignment setups, but I'm sure when you get to that level, it's it's very nitty gritty details. Yeah, it is. Like um, whether you're in third or fourth gear is a, depending on the track, but depending on what gear ratio you're running is a big deal. Your yeah. top wheel speed is a, is a deal. You yeah. need and to know. Is he running a quick change too? No, right now we no. we have a non quick change. <laughs> a non okay we have fair enough we have it's the gears. long version it's, it's the long change yeah uh yeah we have we have different gears we can run but it's just a normal diff i mean really in his car you know it's a gt86 man it's not that hard to change yeah if you if we really wanted to change our gear ratio we could do it um about like changing coilovers in the rear it's not hard yeah if you, like if you want to change the rear uh spring rate it's it's not hard so yeah um, but like just learning all that and applying it to my program mm-hmm. has been invaluable. So, but as far as my end game in drifting, like I just want to keep get you know getting further into the sport and mm-hmm. just enjoy it. It's been fun. Try and like, make a career out of it, maybe. I would say if I do make a career out of it, I don't necessarily know if I would be like a driver. I can if agree. It, with if that. it came up, if it came out that way, right? Yeah. That I got lucky enough to get a prospect license and go on or some team pick me up in pro yeah i would do that but like i'm pretty old so that's probably not gonna happen that's fair. um but i do see the sport growing mm-hmm. big time right now over the past five years it's growing it's growing it's growing it's growing yeah it's growing pretty rapidly i would say so i would look my end game is like i'm in early even though it's 20 years of drifting mm-hmm. but right now we're in like the heyday kind of like when nascar was just coming up and then it exploded yeah. Uh, if you talk to kids, man, we're in like the, the the terrible twos of drifting. Right, right. it's um, still so fresh. All the kids you talk to, they know about drifting, but a lot of them might not know about NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. So when they get old enough, it's a possibility that drifting will be just as uh, popular and on regular TV like NASCAR, right? Yeah, and we I talked about that with Ryan Sage in his episode, and he was like, he was talking about how E Town has like been notorious for drag racing but they they just went all in on drifting and if more tracks like that would start to recognize that drag racing nascar all this stuff like nobody gives a fuck to watch it really anymore right yeah and drifting is really becoming the next automotive sport 
I would say. I don't uh, agree with that. If if you see it from some different perspective, let me know. But like from the way things have been moving and growing, I, that's definitely got to be it. And I think a lot of tracks will start opening up to more drifting within the next five to ten years. Absolutely. And so my place in that would be, you know, if I'm lucky enough to still be in the sport, what role could that be? Who knows? Yeah. I'm a mechanic now, but maybe I could be a mechanic for like a top tier like RTR kind of team. Yeah. You know, maybe in who knows in ten years or yeah. you who knows what know how happen. it would but how I just want to stay in the sport and contribute. Yeah. And wherever my role goes, it goes. Now I would run like prospect probably from a driver's perspective, but like that wouldn't be a career. Yeah, I don't think you couldn't make a career out of no, that. No, no, that's like, you know, it's a stepping stone to pro or you just want to run prospect and just because you have enough money to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, you I know, if, if something happened in my life where I was fortunate enough to have that kind of cash to just run mm. prospect, I might would just do that just for fun. Yeah. Right. Um, but my but my end game is just to and like enjoy the community, man. Like that's the biggest thing. Yeah, the community is like no other in motorsports. Absolutely. Um, I've been in all different types of motorsports. Like I told you about the go-kart stuff. I grew up around circle track racing. And yeah. I still love circle track racing. But I don't want to be a part of it like that. Yeah, no. I'm not, I'm not no. trying to knock them I've been like to a hard, couple of those, man. And I'm like, <laughs> man, y'all some haters. They be fighting all the time. And stuff. Yeah. And it, a little bit of drama is good. You know, like the stuff with Chelsea. That's Keep good drama. Keep the tension high. It's good for views. But but like, like, like we don't yeah, actually need to like punch far. E- you know we don't actually need to punch each other in the face. Yeah you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I mean, stick stand your ground and all, but damn, realize you got a professional. You're a professional. You know can't be a well. I guess in circle track, depending on where you're at, you yeah. wouldn't technically be a professional. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> well, give me your best piece of advice for anyone just getting into drifting. All right. So, you know, I listen to the podcast and a lot of the answers are usually around the same kind of thing about your keep car. It keep it simple. So I'm going I'm to go from a different perspective since, you know, I'm a mechanic in FD. I've worked on my cars my whole life. I'm going to go from the mechanic side of things. And I'm going to say that if um, if you want to, to get into drifting, know, you know, figure out whether or not you want to be a mechanic as well. Mm-hmm. like even at the basic level um relying on someone else might be a huge problem right yeah so figure out all right i want to go drifting but like do you know how to do you know how to change a tie rod in like have you ever done that yeah well, if you haven't you go learn look on youtube figure it out and if you and if you do baby. that yeah and you're like i don't like working on this car well like drifting might not be the sport for you mm-hmm. because you're gonna break things are gonna break all the time um, so figure out if you want to be a drifter and a part-time mechanic, I would say, yeah. which most of us are, right? If you talk to any drifter, almost all, we many all, caps. we all work on our cars, but I think that's something that's usually overlooked when you're trying to talk to a young person about it. They don't, mm-hmm. they just want to, you know, they might get on a sim and they go slide their car around. They're like, this is super cool. I can drive. I'm like, who's going to work on it? They overlook all the complications. Yeah. yeah. If you've got somebody cool, yeah. like. But or if you got the money to pay someone random in a pinch, right? But I mean, you know, at the track though, what's going to happen? Like, obviously, we're we're a good community. Everybody's going to rally around and help you. Yeah. But there's times when people aren't available, especially middle of comp, and you break something. It could be something really simple to fix. But like, if you don't know how to fix it, you're out. Like, 
That simple. Right? Should have it could be the simplest point. thing as a burnt spark plug wire, for instance. Yeah. Right? But if you don't know anything you about don't cars. You know how to look for that. You just know your car's not running right. Yeah. And that's it. And then you're out of the competition when you could have literally pulled another spark plug wire out of the box and popped it on there and went back out and competed. So. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a good thing to touch on is that it's all based off of rep, um, repetition, too. Yeah. Is what I say. So, like, if. If you if you buy a brand new build that you don't even really know how the car was swapped, you don't know the ins and outs of like every little inch of the motor that you normally pick up on when you do a swap. Like you're not going to know what things are probably going to go wrong in certain scenarios and then you're going to have to resort like I mean, you're going to have to figure those things out as you go, especially if you bought a car that's pre-built. Too. Absolutely. Um and just understand that you're going to have to go through those headaches multiple times before they probably click. Yeah. And before you can just look for those things um, off of second nature. Yeah. Being a mechanic in FD, you, I, I, didn't build, I didn't build that car. Yeah. So that's a whole thing, like growing yeah. pains, like figuring out what's what and what's breaking, you know, like. How is this routed? Why is this routed this way? How right. can I access this easier? Absolutely. Like, you know, um, when we broke an axle, I was, I was getting ready to unbolt the wheel. And then Alex yells out, hey, you don't have to take the wheel off. Yep. That's because they're the way his wheel yeah. is. That's you thirty can, extra seconds. You can you access, just yeah, you can access the axle nut without taking the wheel off. But yeah. like nature, you know, I'm just like, oh, was it the wheel off? But don't have to. Yeah. So it's little stuff like that, you know. Um, I'd also like to touch on like, you know, the people who want to get into FD. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you if you want to be a mechanic, you want to be a spotter, if you want to do something, yeah. how do you get into FD? Um, you heard my story, but my story was through networking. Yeah. Just talking and to people, that word is of like, mouth. Now that I know like what it's like to be inside of the sport, it's like that. Like that, that's the route, just networking, talking to people. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to be a mechanic in FD, I say, uh, go to events, talk to people, walk around the pits. You know, if you've never been to FD, go. And You'd be surprised how open these bigger guys are. They will talk to you. Yep. All of, and like a lot of the prospect guys are out there at their merch tents working the especially prospect guys they're more or less desperate to talk to you they want you to come buy something they want you to support yeah they're looking for a new follower um like if you came to fd uh and you stop by alex's pit he's out there i'm out there other guys are out there you can ask some questions about the car we'll talk and like and you're interested and you're like hey man like i want to be a mechanic or like i've got all this experience have your little resume ready and like maybe it doesn't work this year yeah. But you can put it out there to like 10 different drivers yes. for, for next Stand year. Stand the fuck out. And then maybe maybe you get a phone call because they had a mechanic that quit or had a baby Major or whatever. Injury, you Who never knows? know. Who so, knows what happens. And then you get a call and now you're a mechanic on an FD team. Yeah. Um, and I can I would say that relates to no matter what industry you're in. Networking true. is fucking insane. I mean, the, my personal job, I make me I do media for people. So I like this week, I had someone that I haven't spoken to in probably three years call me that knew I was doing media, but like he never really thought about it. But he's on this new job that he needs, that he's doing, and he needs media coverage or um, media edited for him. Uh, so he hit me up out of random just because like he knew that I do editing from word of mouth, people talking, not just me talking, but he knew me beforehand. So that helped. Uh, so I would say in any industry, that's yeah, absolutely very fucking important. Yeah, so get out there and talk. Don't be shy. Um, and that's hard for me, man. I'm like, <laughs> I, I I know I do this, and like my whole 
ordeal with this is talking to people, but I'm a an extremely introverted person. And I'm at events, like I, I stick to myself. I don't talk a lot. Like if you come up to me and talk to me, I can sit there and have a conversation with you. I'm fucking horrible at small talk. <laughs> like, sorry, I, I suck at it. So if I get awkward pauses when you meet me in person, sorry. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that would be my advice for anybody looking to get in. And any part of it, like mechanic, spotter, uh, there's so many different roles. Crew chief, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of roles. Uh, media is another one. Like, you know, we've yeah. got like three or four media guys on our team. So like maybe you want to shoot photography in FD, man. You can do it. You need yeah. to go to network with these teams and uh, figure out how do you get to that level. Like talk to the other media guys. Yeah. They'll tell you like, hey, this is what I did before I got here. And this is the quality of work that I had. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need if you want to get in the sport to do it. Yeah. Go get you some cheap ass business cards made. Yeah. Go hand them out. Work. Put your phone number on them. Social media on them. Set up a Google Drive link of portfolio and stuff. Yeah, but and I would I would say also have codes. a have a backup job like a real like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. don't be like oh I want to be FD mechanic and that's yeah don't not... di- don't dive head first <laughs> don't don't do that yeah that's my life yeah, no it's not gonna happen that. man not not that quick anyway you know um you'd have to be at the pro level before it was like something you do for a living and even then I don't know if those guys do it for a living or not yeah I'm not sure so. Yeah. You gotta understand who you're who you're working with. They gotta have the budget. But well cool. I sure do appreciate that. Um I guess uh if you want, looking at that camera, shout out anybody you want to shout out, shout out yourself. Yeah, man, I have Anything I have like lots that? of uh lots of shout outs. Um first and foremost is my F D team, uh Alex Licklider and the Toyota GT eighty six. Um and the whole team, the mechanics, the um Media guys, the crew chiefs, everybody that makes that program work. Like shout out to you guys. Y'all work hard every round we're at. Um, I appreciate you guys. And uh sponsors for for Alex, like, you know, NST nonstop tuning. Uh Mike's great. You know, awesome products, so go check them out. Uh TDMI, if you guys heard of them, check them out. They're um they they do like big brake kits and all kind of stuff. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Um and then as far as like, you know, my shout outs, like I got to give a shout out to my sponsors. Um, I've got Ballers Tire in South Boston, Virginia. Uh, Brian Cheever, he really, he hooks me up with tires. And uh, without that, man, I don't even know if I'll be drifting. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, having a tire hook tires up is, are expensive a, now. is a big thing. You know, having those discounted tires is, is huge. Um, my car is actually getting painted right now. So I want to shout out to Ronnie's Auto Body and uh, Daniel. They're, they're going to be hooking me up. Oh, yeah. Um, shout out to uh, Olivia Wash. She's actually doing my livery. She drifts in MB Drift as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, also shout out to the MB Drift guys, man. I love those dudes. They're awesome. Um, Marshall Angerling and Zach, and Tony Martin. They all put on a great show down there. So if you guys are ever in that area, like go down there, check them out. You get lots of seat time. You want to do a comp? We got a comp different course layouts it's uh and it's done in rockingham north carolina so um yeah and then um yeah shout out to my girlfriend for supporting me you know how that is don't forget that one (laughs) yeah (laughs) ashley's awesome i'll cut out that long pause (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding uh no yeah ashley allen she's awesome she she supports me on the road man you know like i'm traveling all the time on fd events and then when we're Mm -hmm. home 
then I'm trying to go to a drift event. So yep. luckily, she like consumes she consumes the life. She loves the racing too, so she's a part of the community. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I guess other than that, man, I want to shout out to this uh, new brand that I have coming out. Okay. Um, actually, basically, I'm dropping it now, so it's called Bougie Redneck. Okay. Yeah, so basically, uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, how this came about is, um, you know, I I like nicer things. I drift a Corvette, man. Come on now. Yeah. yeah but I'm country. Yeah. Like I, I was born and raised in the country. Yeah, so. we're in the South. Yeah. So we all got it in our blood. So it's what we say. You know, it's where classy meets country. Is the bougie redneck. So <laughs> yeah, I got a friend of mine, Ben. Uh, we put this whole thing together and just now rolling out with the merch. Yeah. And um. You can find it on bougieredneck.shop. That's B-O-U-G-I-E. Okay. Redneck, all one word, dot on shop. On screen, in the description. Yeah. Uh, check go it out. there. You can check out all the different uh, gear and stuff we got. Um, and the logos are super sick. And you'll see some of my drifting stuff on there, too. Oh, yeah. You know, like Campbell 33, this and that. You know, 33 is my number. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to rolling that out. So we've been working on that for like three months. and. So we're just now yeah, getting, yeah. getting the rollout with the website and the merch. Tight. Yeah. Um, and there'll be a drift series coming out with that too, which is going to be cool. Oh. Yeah. So the drift series is going to be kind of like. Um, Get some light on that. Well, so like like uh, one of the examples is Drift Bunny. So okay. like in a Drift Bunny, it's going to be like three different women hanging around like my drift car. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, it's like <laughs> the, the girls who come to the track and want to ride for free. Like. Kind yeah. of deal, like, yeah. <laughs> and, and then like drift honey is kind of like a bigger woman. It's like, you know, like, it's gonna be great, man. Um, like Papa Drift will be like some dude like with a cigar, fucking hanging out next to the car. Oh my god. Uh, Drift Bros will be just a bunch That's of hilarious. bros hanging around the car, and then you'll have Drift Fam, and then we're gonna do all the characters hanging out with the car, and that'll be a whole series <laughs> we're gonna come out with. That's fucking awesome. I like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's to come. Like right now, we're just. Sticking with the the launch of just the bougie redneck brand in itself. Yeah. Before we start. So basically, what he's saying <laughs> is follow along now so that you see it in the future. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I've got. Can I? I can grab that. Yeah, yeah. Right there. Good. Go grab it. Cool. Yep. So yep. Here's uh what the logo looks like. If you guys can see that. Hell yeah. Yeah, we got a uh, we got a wine glass and a pint glass under the. Yeah. That's uh, tight. Yeah. Yep. So this is yours, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Of um, course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't miss any shout outs. I had a whole list. I'm like thinking in my head, man. Thanks. Like well, you know, you and the guys think that, of one when you leave. Yeah, the guys over at South Boston Speedway too for letting us drift. Um, that's been awesome. Like yeah. Chase, the track manager, like he's been super awesome to work with to let us drift. So, you know, I hope we can continue to drift there yeah, and grow that. It's kind of small right now. It's like 20, 20 ish drivers. Yeah. Support your fucking tracks, dude. If you want tracks to open up to drifting, you got to support them. Yeah. And that's, so we do two events a year and that's every time. That's what he says. He was like, we'll keep doing mm -hmm. this as long as we get at least 20 drivers. Yeah. I know it's fucking hard, <laughs> man. Like times are tough. Everyone's struggling, but. <laughs> you got to come together as a community somehow. So yeah. So if you guys uh, are in the Virginia area and you see, uh, go on South Boston Speedway's website, see if they got a drift event. We do only do two a year, usually in the spring before the NASCAR starts, yeah. and then again in the fall when it's over. But pop on there or follow me on my social media. I'll post all about it because I help run it. 
Um, but you can find me is slide underscore society 33 on Instagram and also on YouTube. And if you want to follow my TikTok, it's bougie redneck 33. Um, sure. anyway, follow it's me somewhere. Yeah. Follow me somewhere. And, uh, you'll see these events and I would love if you guys come to Subo Drifts because I'm, I'm trying to keep that going. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's tough. If you, you know, you guys don't come out and sign up, then it's a NASCAR track and we know how that goes, man. They make their money with NASCAR. Yeah. They're letting us drift. Yeah. If we don't bring they're the car count, risk. <laughs> if they don't bring it. the car count and can't break even, they're not going to let us drift because if that, if they have to spend a dime, we're not drifting. And that's all it is. 20 cars breaks even. Yep. So get your I 20 agree. cars and you can, they'll pay the track workers to be there. You got a super nice facility, got somewhere to camp. You know, you've got this course you can go slide around on. It's pretty cheap. Like, as yeah. far as and entry don't fees. fucking trash it. <laughs> yeah. For the love of God, pick up your shit. Pull a trash. There's like, there's always a million trash cans that drift a bit. Grab one and bring it to your pit. Yes. I'm, that, that really pisses me off when people just trash events. They leave yeah, everything I behind. Like that either. Like, Dude, come on. Gotta do better. Do better. Yeah. <laughs> and now, if you're leaving scrap metal, we that's it. We parts. That's fine. Yeah. I would say you know, yeah. You never know. Someone might need a piece of that, or they a track owner wants to go get some money for some scrap metal. I don't know. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that we could, yeah. But if you're just leaving cups and shit and drinks everywhere, your beer cans, fuck, dude, grow up. Anyways, sorry. Absolutely. Rant do over. It. Yeah. <laughs> do better. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I sure do appreciate you coming on, man. This was awesome. Thanks, I appreciate uh, you having me on here. Yeah, I came decent way. Not too far of a drive, I would say. But um, that's pretty much it for this one. Do not forget to subscribe, and especially if you want to join in on the Bridge Moto giveaway. Don't forget to join in on that. It's very easy to get entered. Just simply subscribe here, subscribe to Bridge Moto, and follow Bridge Moto's Instagram account. That simple. And if you guys need any BC coilovers or, you know, FDF angle kits or anything like that, link is always in the description. But that is it for this one. Grab the merch and we will see you next week. Peace. Good shit, man. Yeah, you did great on that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they said that I couldn't do it, so I wouldn't. Did it. W's only, you know I've been winning. Top of the world, the globe is. Spinning. If you know, you know I've been on a what mission? Mission. Go. Okay, let's get it. 